With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mass Vidal and Usman put on a show the last time they stepped into the octagon. And round two, well, that is sure to pack a punch. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, is putting you in the center of this weekend's action. This weekend's title fight with 26 to 1 odds on either title contender to reign victorious. Pick either main event fighter to win during this weekend's UFC 261 title fight in DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 26 to 1 odds. Just bet $5 on either fighter to win, and if they walk out with the belt, you will cash $130 in free bets. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. And don't worry, if MMA ain't for you, DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on b-ball, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings, of course, is safe, secure, reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up. Use that code DNVR when you sign up to turn $5 into $130 in free bets if the contender of your choice wins. Uh, place your bet and watch the fisticuffs fly this weekend. Code DNVR to turn $5 into $130 in free bets if the fighter of your choosing takes home the crown for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Got to be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gabbling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll save it. We'll save it for when we're recording, Will, which we are right now. Welcome to That's Good Broncos Podcast. I'm Brandon Perna here with Will Keys at Guillermo Yaves on Twitter. Make sure you follow him and make sure you follow our Benchwarmer Brew Twitter account at Benchwarmer Brew. Um, I think we're losing Twitter followers there, Will. Every time we uh, yeah, poop yeah. On, on Troy Aikman. <laughs> well, they're very popular tweets. Yeah, I'd imagine that we're bleeding Cowboys fans right now. Yep. Uh, yeah, we're not just just know that we're not serious. We know Troy Aikman's a better quarterback than Steve Berline. We know. Well, I was going to say he's better than Ryan Fitzpatrick, but we don't know that. We don't know that. We don't know that for sure. You put Ryan Fitzpatrick behind, you know, the 92 Cowboys offensive line and let him hand off to Emmett Smith and throw to Michael Irvin. Who knows what's going to happen? They probably won four or five Super Bowls, to be honest. Put Elway um, behind that line, and they win ten Super Bowls. They don't lose a game. I'm Ever. <laughs> Two straight undefeated seasons. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting that Steve Berline came out of nowhere and threw 36 touchdown yeah. passes in 1999, which I think at the time would have been like fourth most in NFL history, something crazy like that, maybe top five top 10 but it was totally obscured because that was the same year that kurt warner came out of nowhere and threw 40 
Um, nine or whatever he did. Yeah, I'm surprised that didn't result in Steve Berline getting like a massive contract somewhere that we put into the worst NFL contracts episode <laughs> a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, really. I, th I think he went to Denver after that. Back up, after. back up Steve Berline. Yep. Uh, didn't he like break his finger in that game? It was like sideways. That was Berline, <laughs> right? Yeah, and I think they like popped it back into place. Anyway, we've got a podcast for you today. Broncos safety TJ Ward retires. We've got new NFL rules coming in. Basically, this is the worst day of my football life every year, except for when Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl, as I have to just take whatever dumb rules the NFL hands down. Um, I will read the rules today to Will to see if he can help decipher what some of them mean. Uh, Justin Fields, it was revealed today that he has epilepsy. So that may be uh, part of the reason his draft stock has been up and down as teams apparently have known about this for, the, for a while, but the public just found out. And we'll talk about the new point of emphasis that goes along with the NFL rules, which is taunting this year. Maybe we'll start with taunting because it, oh, it we'll chaps it. my ass. Uh, but first, this all of our podcasts brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use code DNVR when you sign up to take advantage of their can't-miss offers. And now the NFL wants to take advantage of grown men talking shit to other grown men. Rich McKay, the chairman of the NFL Competition Committee, said today that the league has become too lacks in taunting and that officials will be told taunting is a point of emphasis for them face to face pointing the fingers powerpoint 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 standing over players on the ground how dare a man stand over another player will be penalized says mckay oh my god mad well it's really like this is we the type it. of thing that if i weren't doing a bunch of other draft videos right now i would have stopped everything i'm doing to make a video to rant about but instead we'll just do it on my podcast sorry for interrupting you what were you gonna say no that's okay i was gonna say the last taunting penalty we saw in a game was i think my favorite taunting penalty of all time yeah was Antoine Winfield doing the peace the peace sign right in Tyreek Hill's face. Yeah. I don't think it gets any better than that. Maybe the committee said uh you know that's the best taunt of all time. <laughs> Nowhere to go. Let's just but, prohibit taunting because everybody's going to be, you know, trying to chase trying to the dragon. That. Yeah, and it's not going to work. In all seriousness, no, I hate this. Yeah. I, I hate it. It's it's the no fun league living up to its reputation and yeah. the um, NFL, standing over the NFL, the NF lame, the NF lame, the NF lame, the NF lame got him. Boom. Roasted standing over a player. I mean, for a short period of time, you know, dragging your nuts on their face, like Von Miller and Tom Brady, it's all in good fun. In my opinion, and it's how the game is played. It is. I mean, we've seen the Broncos lose a game because of a taunting penalty. When the Von most Miller... bullshit taunting penalty of all time. 
If that was flagged then, what are they going to flag now? That was a fake, a fake handshake. I think uh, if you if if a member of the other team doesn't help up someone who's fallen on the other team, you know, not that they don't, you know, not that they fake it. If they don't go and help up every other player on the team, taunting, yeah, taunting if, flags all around. If after a team gets scored on, they don't run over to the opposing uh, coach and congratulate him for executing a great offensive series, taunting. Yes. Correct. Yeah. If you uh, if you score a touchdown and you don't go into the crowd and hand the ball to the youngest, uh, saddest looking child there, sickest. Taunting, too. He's got to have an illness. Got to be sick. He's got to be disabled. Taunting the fans. That's taunting, taunting the fans. fans. If, if you don't... if you win the if you win the coin toss, and you don't say no no no, let the other team have the coin toss win taunting if you participate in the coin toss and you don't reimburse the official 25 cents taunting taunting his wallet i think it's a half dollar so the math doesn't work there but fair enough a quarter half back half back that's a football term (laughs) too if you score more points than the other team taunting If you don't keep up with the other team's point total, taunting. (laughs) What else could be taunting? Um, Not trading jerseys, taunting. Yeah. This is bad because, again, the first thing, it's something literally nobody asked for. Not a single yeah. <laughs> fan, not a single player, not a single fucking coach, except for maybe Andy Reid and the Chiefs after they got their asses handed to them in the that's Super Bowl. Obviously, that's obviously where it came from. Complained about this ever. Nobody's been like, you know, NFL football would be a little more enjoyable to watch if there was less taunting. If these guys would just back the fuck off, get out of each other's faces then maybe I would uh, I would watch more games. I would I would take my family to a game more often. But I can't expose my kids to that kind of immature behavior. The NFL, if they were smart, they would encourage taunting, and they would give us mic'd up segments of players just talking shit to each other. So the mic'd up every week, they would have the taunting version of it, and they would make an absolute killing. But they don't know what the fuck they're doing. And this is a subjective call. Like, when they emphasized uh, body weight on the quarterback, for that first month, every time a defender fell on top of a quarterback, they threw a flag. And that was two or three seasons ago? I forget. Every time Clay Matthews made a sack, it was a flag. And I think everybody's fear is it's going to be the same way when they try to do it. Anytime they emphasize something, it means they're going to over-penalize it until guys get the message and then maybe... Until it costs down. the team a victory. Yeah. Right. That's until it costs happen. a popular team a victory. I think we know why Philip Rivers retired this offseason. I think he probably caught wind that yeah. the, the, taunting, um, the taunting rules are going to be expanded. He knew that's a, you know, that's a huge part of his game. He said, now's the time to get out. Yeah, and that's one of the best clips from 
the season when was it Yannick and Gakwe and Philip Rivers were going back and forth? Who was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the ref was laughing, basically just telling Phil to shut, like, to shut up. Now that ref's gonna feel obligated to penalize him for one the of those guys there. Probably Yannick and Gakwe is gonna get that penalty just for being yeah. in the presence of a quarterback. Or when he told uh, uh, that one guy on the Bears like, two eight, turn the corner on you." Yeah, <laughs> taunting for having the uh, corner turned on you. That's taunting. When he told the guy he wasn't right lined up in the right position. <laughs> Yeah. So many classics. Yeah. So many classics. I feel like uh, Peyton Manning saying, God damn it, Donald, he'd get called taunting on his own player. You can't treat your player like that? Yeah. Oh, man. Matt Ryan. I was just watching a compilation of, of those uh, kinds of plays. Oh, were you? Yeah, you can hear the quarterback like yelling at his own offense to get set. Matt Ryan goes, get fucking set. <laughs> those are the best. Yeah, you don't re- you don't really think of Matt Ryan as a quarterback who would be swearing either. He did when I when I did that video about the twenty eight to three Super Bowl, uh, <laughs> one of those holding calls on like the last drive of regulation. Uh, he like looks at his left guard. He's like, "Were you fucking holding on that play?" Uh, and it turns out it was the left tackle. Oh, man. His left guard was like, "Nope, nope, no, I did not. No, I did not." <laughs> it's like the scaredest answer of all time oh yeah great. Would, biggest game uh, things are starting to go bad that would be terrifying yeah it, it's awesome I, those mic'd up videos like they're they really um enrich a lot of games they're a lot of fun yeah i need to watch we more i never have the time at least for the super bowls you know yeah because those are those are long and they have so many they have so many like parabolic mics and just cameras all around that they don't miss anything either way um football is on the verge of being ruined but (laughs) we have some other rules some of them good some of them bad some of them you're indifferent to but you want to go over a few of them and see if i can translate them into plain english yeah okay so these are the rules that passed uh number one by the competition committee to amend rule 16 to eliminate Eliminate overtime in the preseason, which right. I didn't even know existed. Uh, the preseason? It, it exists. Yeah, I, did, I didn't know. I didn't remember that. They didn't do it last year, though. Yeah, we didn't have so, a preseason. What this rule means is that two teams will play each other before games start to officially happen. Uh, and in the course of two teams – competing in football with one another if their point totals if one point one point total of a certain team is lower than the point total of another team uh then team b wins well team team a will have to acquiesce the lead actually but if they're if their point totals are even at the end of the 60 minute clock they would play an extra 10 minute period and that'll no longer happen in these games that happened before the official games. Okay, thank you for that, Will. Uh, to yeah. clarify, before this podcast started, I told Will, I'll read the rules to him, and I'll see if he can explain to me what they mean. And the first one, very straightforward, and he just smart-assed me through it. So thank you, Will. Here's one that's a little trickier for you. Okay. Number two, 
Number two. Wow. Yeah. By competition committee to amend rule six, section one, article three for one year only to establish a maximum number of players in the setup zone. I have no idea what this means. I don't know what the setup zone is. Um, this sounds like, so it's one year only, yeah. which I guess they'll, they'll review it after a year. I, I thought this had something to do with COVID. I don't know what a setup zone is though. I don't know if it's on the field of play. I don't know if it's like outside the stadium where they get ready. I don't know if it's in the locker room in the tunnel. Yeah. Uh, all I know is you can't have more than the maximum established number of players in, in said, the setup zone. I uh, think this is about the onside kicks. So I think they are going to uh, allow nine players in the setup zone. So in 2021, the receiving team on kickoffs will be limited to nine players within 25 yards of the ball. Uh, they're trying to make it easier for teams to recover onside kicks because after they adjusted the no like starting run on the onside kicks, it became harder to recover. So only three were, were recovered last season. All in that Falcons game, I think, uh, on 67 uh, onside kicks. So that's the lowest total recovery rate since 2001. So I think this is going to allow more players to be closer to the ball for onside kicks is my guess. Okay. that I like that rule. But, I yeah, I didn't know what the fuck the setup zone was. Like, at least that write sounds... these rules so fans know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, so... We've got the third one, which is permitting the replay official and designated members of the officiating department to provide certain objective information to the on-field officials. What that means is if Gene Steratore misses a call that's so blatantly obvious that everyone in the stadium and everyone watching on TV can see he got it wrong, uh, basically, he'll get a call through an earpiece from New York saying, if you don't change this now, you'll be fired and we'll take your retirement. And I, think, I don't wife. think Gene Steratore is even uh, a working official anymore. But yeah, Sean Hockley. Let's go Sean, Sean Hockley. Hockley. Son of yeah. Ed. Broncos, <laughs> Broncos country's favorite NFL referee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jay Cutler, that was a forward pass. Yeah, damn right it was. Um, <laughs> breaking news, the 49ers uh, are signing Raiders former pass rusher Arden Key to a one-year deal. So basically, the 49ers gave the Raiders Solomon Thomas, and then the Raiders let Arden Key go, and the 49ers swooped up Arden Key. Fair enough. Uh, I thought you were going to say Alden Smith for a second because he was a former, former Raiders pass rusher. And, and 49er. Yeah, no, he is going to be going probably to jail. He's being signed by a correctional facility. Well, hello. Personal. You, me, and DraftKings Sportsbook. Mass Vidal and Usman put on a show the last time they stepped into the octagon. And round two 
Well, that is sure to pack a bunch. Drafting Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, is putting you in the center of this weekend's action. This weekend's title fight with 26 to 1 odds on either title contender to reign victorious. Pick either main event fighter to win during this weekend's UFC 261 title fight in DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 26 to 1 odds. Just bet $5 on either fighter to win, and if they walk out with the belt, you will cash $130 in free bets. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. And don't worry, if MMA ain't for you, DraftKings Sportsbook, Offers great odds and promotions on b-ball, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings, of course, is safe, secure, reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up. Use that code DNVR when you sign up to turn $5 into $130 in free bets if the contender of your choice wins. Uh, place your bet and watch the fisticuffs fly this weekend. Code DNVR to turn $5 into $130 in free bets if the fighter of your choosing takes home the crown. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Got to be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Next rule by Chicago. To amend Rule 11, Section 3, Article 3, to ensure the enforcement of all accepted penalties committed by either team during successive try attempts. Attempts. Let me read that again. To ensure the enforcement of all accepted penalties committed by either team during successive try attempts. Okay. Successive. All right, let's talk about what a try is first. That's I, like a point after try, right? This is something in rugby, I believe. This is that's what you you score tries in rugby. Mm. So, I think they're trying to expand. You know, they're always ex- trying to expand the game internationally. So they they're they're using rugby terminology now, just in case anybody from you know Europe or New Zealand happens upon this article. Um, so try, I think, is a substitute for a touchdown or a point after, like you said. Uh, so I think, let's say you have a regular point after and a team gets called for, I don't know, uh, roughing the kicker. So you move the ball up to the one-yard line, they kick it again. And then they rough the kicker again. They have to accept the penalty. Oh, okay. I I don't know. Yeah, a rule. ESPN's simplification of it is a rule change that ensures the enforcement of all accepted penalties during successive try attempts, defined as an opportunity for a team to score one or two additional points during one scrimmage down. That doesn't help. That that I'd, that's their simplification of it. So I would not like to read the original, uh, <laughs> the original writing. Uh, all right. Uh, let's I, just hope all I see happens. are more penalties on point after attempts. Yeah. Let's just hope we never have to encounter this in a real game. Okay. This um, next one's interesting. 
by the Los okay. Angeles Rams to amend Rule 8, Section 1, Article 2 to add a loss of down for a second forward pass from behind the line and for a pass thrown after the ball returns behind the line. Which seems like an odd rule for a Sean McVay coached team to be pushing for. Yeah, I I don't know how many double forward passes we've seen recently. I don't know how often this is like really a problem. I mean, I guess this includes like a quarterback running in front of the the line of scrimmage and then going back and then Maybe I maybe you could take advantage of that rule by if there's no one open and the play's breaking down, you just run in front of the line of scrimmage, then run back and then throw the ball away. Yeah, don't know. I I'm sure. I don't know. Um you get you get an extra opportunity, I guess. So either way you lose it down, like intentional grounding. Yeah. I guess. All right, that makes sense. I don't, didn't really see a huge problem for it. I'm assuming the Rams got screwed by this somehow last season. Yeah, yeah it got to be. Yeah, if you're a Rams fan, let us know. This if, feels if like a, a rule that the, the Patriots have probably exploited several times somehow. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, another – I'd like to – I'd like to throw in my own rule here and – it's that the quarterback can't have any part of his body in front of the line of scrimmage, or let's just say his foot. He can't have uh, the toe has to be behind the line of scrimmage when he throws. I'm tired of all this bullshit where it he's like basically all the way in front of the line of scrimmage, but yeah. there's like a part of him that's you know behind behind it still. So yeah, I know what you're saying. I want you have to be all the way behind the line, in my opinion. Oh. I'll take it one step further. The quarterback has to wear a shot collar, and if he yeah. crosses the line of scrimmage and throws the football, he gets fucking electrocuted. <laughs> not till not obviously so. not not where it like is going to give him a not heart death, attack or anything, no. but yeah. it hurts. It lets him know he's gone too far. Yeah, yeah, something kind of psycho Pavlovian to make sure <laughs> it doesn't happen. All right. And our and final the biggest, rule, biggest one right here. The one that's getting everyone's dicks hard, except for mine, uh, proposed by the Kansas City Chiefs to amend Rule 5, Section 1, Article 2, to expand jersey number options for certain positions. Which means... Yeah, so unless you are basically an offensive lineman or a quarterback... You can wear any number you want that's not 50 through 69. So basically, as a wide receiver can wear any number from 1 through 19 now. They can wear single-digit numbers. Tight ends can wear single-digit numbers. Defensive linemen, linebackers, defensive backs, running backs. Offensive linemen still have to wear their – normal range of numbers and i think quarterbacks can only wear one through 19 still thank god imagine a quarterback wearing like 57 that'd be disgusting uh and my eyes would i'd gouge my eyes out 
Yeah. So basically it's college football jersey number rules now. Yeah. I don't like it. It's fine. I don't care. I'm, I don't care that they changed it because I don't care what numbers players wear. Uh, like the taunting, I've never been watching football and thought, you know what? You know, if only Alexander Johnson was wearing number two when he tackled uh, Tyreek Hill, it would look a lot cooler. It would look a lot cooler if two tackled 11 uh, or 10 or whatever number Tyreek Hill wears. Like, see, I can't even remember what number players wear. <laughs> Uh, and now they're gonna. A bunch of guys are gonna change numbers. Basically, this whole season, 2021, for players changing numbers is really just gonna fuck with my mind. Uh, Jerry yes. Judy is probably gonna change numbers, right? He's gonna go from ten to four now. He'll yeah. I mean, Brett Rippin is number four right now. Brett Rippin's had it since you know Boise State, so he might be kind of attached to that number. But the Maybe. rule is you have to get approval from your team to change the number and you have to buy out the existing stock of jerseys on like the NFL shop website or whatever. That's lame. Uh, That's such it. a cheap move by the league. It is. Yeah. It, because I think Florio, Mike Florio made a good point on pro football talk that if a team cuts a player or trades a player, you usually don't have to buy out. You don't have to buy out the stock. Sometimes they'll do like a jersey swap. They'll allow you to exchange the jersey. Like Aaron, remember when Aaron Hernandez uh, killed people? The Patriots had like a public jersey exchange. Oh, that's right. People like, go up to the stadium turn in your Aaron Hernandez jersey and get like a Gronk or, or a Brady or an Edelman yeah. in return. We're sorry for employing a murderer uh, to make it up to you. Yeah, you can give bad. us his jersey back. <laughs> um, How much do you think an Aaron is- Hernandez jersey autographed by OJ Simpson would sell for? I feel like OJ would think he's too good for that. But I'm sure Darren Ravel could tell you exactly how much. <laughs> and he probably he, he already knows. Yeah, he already, he already has it, I think. Uh, oh, and then what's the other? Bradley Chubb maybe could switch from 55 to 9. Yeah, if he can pry it off of uh, Jeff Driscoll. Just... He's somehow still on the team. <laughs> yeah, good. Good. Good for Driscoll. Imagine being Jeff Driscoll. Everyone's like... You still work here? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you doing well, here? Imagine being TJ Ward announcing his retirement today and he hasn't played since 2017. <laughs> I guess it was just a, you know, he's just waiting for that one call. Now, he was on the the Cardinals practice squad, I think, for a little bit last year. Um, I think I advocated for him to return to the Broncos at one point last year. Love TJ Ward. Uh, I just, it's one of those guys, it's been, he's been out of the league for a while now. So you kind of already assume that he retired, but this reminded me, I saw a tweet yesterday with, uh, Broncos, former linebacker, Brandon Marshall, and he was going on somebody's podcast or something to talk about like a program 
for veteran players who aren't on teams to provide better pathways for guys who want to try and make a comeback or to get back onto rosters. Don't know any of the details or information about that, but you forget like guys like TJ Ward and Brandon Marshall are still trying to make rosters, still want to play. And it's unfortunate because these were really good fucking players uh, in their prime, beloved by Broncos fans, members of the Super Bowl squad. And the harsh reality of being like an NFL player is one year you're in the league and then the next year your entire career is done and you're you as a player are sometimes like the last to realize that nobody's going to take any more chances on you. Yeah, yeah. The league, you know, sometimes players retire and sometimes the league retires players. Yeah. A lot of times the, the league ones. retires players. Most of the time. Yeah. But even the good ones. Like uh, if we were to look at all of the free agents still available right now, there's a lot of good players still out there. And, you know, a bunch of those guys will sign with teams after the draft. Right. So a lot of teams are kind of waiting to see what needs they can fill in the draft. And then somebody like Richard Sherman, who wants to play two more seasons, probably going to get an opportunity somewhere. But there's a lot of decent players on that list who just aren't going to get signed by anybody. And it means their career is probably over. And uh, it's it's shitty when it's guys you really like, like TJ Ward or Brandon Marshall. But yeah, it, it happens every year. Um, but TJ Ward's retirement officially official today. That was my point. <clears throat> always remember him in the Super Bowl. He picked off the only uh, Cam Newton pass that day. And he recovered the fumble that basically sealed the game. Yeah. Almost he, scored a touchdown, too, but he tripped. He like, tripped. Big Dick Eric Decker. The Decker turf monster got him. That's right. Also, he uh, he took Gronk out when he played for the, the Browns. He was the guy, was it ACL? Did he hit Gronk's knee? Was TJ Ward the guy tore Gronk's ACL or was it a back injury? I forget. I think that was, I think that was the ACL because that was probably 2013. Yeah, it was before he came to the Broncos. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, with the Patriots injury, it's usually either TJ Ward or uh, Bernard Pollard. (laughs) Yeah. Those are are the, the two most popular options. Uh, I'm pretty sure Darian Stewart lit up Gronk before when he was a Bronco too. Um, yeah, yeah, they both played really great. Um, I mean, they're great all year, but especially in the last two games of the season. Yeah, the Broncos. I mean, since T.J. Ward left, the Broncos haven't had a guy like him. It's just that safety plays up in the box and just fucking thump dudes. And T.J. Ward, to his credit during his time at the Broncos, like he came in and he was not great at covering tight ends and he was never like great at, but he improved. Like he got better in coverage the longer he played in Denver, but he was also just that physical sort of presence. And, uh, I met, I mean, Kareem Jackson similar, but it's, yeah, he, he's, he really has to like fire himself out of the cannon. Yeah. The award kind of was like a, he was bigger. He was definitely stockier. Yeah. And 
could kind of just like uh he didn't have to get so much momentum on hits i don't think correct no he just used his giant muscles. he's an enforcer just yeah he was like he was the enforcer of that defense yeah i was thinking about that today like uh after he retired i was thinking about like chris harris was sort of the the tactician the undersized guy who had to just be really technically sound with everything he did Akib Talib probably like the most athletically gifted but also a really like smart corner knowing like when to take chances and probably like the best instincts of all the guys uh yeah. Bradley Roby was the rookie they brought in who filled filled in really well for the the nickel position TJ Ward the enforcer and then you kind of had two enforcers when they brought in Darian Stewart but Stewart a little bit better in coverage, you know. Uh, yeah, he was kind of like an all-around. Yeah. Great. It was like he had a, a short run of being really good at a really critical time for the Broncos. So, yeah, it was fun to watch. Um, the and then perfect the last... What's that? The perfect defense. Perfect defense. Oh, I mean, the edge rushing was so potent. I mean, just Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware, every single play, I just expected a sack from one of those guys. That's a weird thing to get used to, is just thinking like any play, your defense is going to get a sack. Right. Or the pressure is going to be like so intense that it's going to force a turnover or something stupid. Um, Shane Ray doesn't get enough credit for being like impactful on that defense yeah, behind. He was, he was pretty good that season. And, and Shaq Barrett, too. Uh, Brandon Marshall line, but Danny Trevathan. Ooh, Trevathan, got, I need to go rewatch that Super Bowl 50. He could really cover tight ends and running backs. Yeah. Trevathan. He and was great. I miss him I re- dearly. And then, sadly, the first play I think everybody remembers of Danny Trevathan is uh, <laughs> yeah. against the Ravens uh, on that seven touchdown Peyton Manning performance. <laughs> and he gets the, it was either a pick or a fumble recovery that he drops at the one yard line celebrating just a little bit too early before he scored the touchdown in a game. We didn't need it, but, uh, it probably, I don't know if it was a touchback. Here's the thing. Uh, I believe it was a touchback. However, if he scores that touchdown, Peyton Manning most likely doesn't throw his seventh touchdown of the game. Exactly. I think he was just kind of setting the table for Manning yeah. to throw yeah. the seventh one because at that point you know uh they don't want to like beat up on them that bad they want to show some mercy yeah i, mean, yeah. I wouldn't have, but <laughs> just thinking what the team would have done yeah um and then also nick falls throws seven touchdowns in a game that season too <laughs> for the eagles yeah yeah which really kind of made manning's made less impressive special. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I wasn't against the Raiders. It was literally against the reigning Super Bowl champions. Yeah, the Broncos just walloped them. Um, yeah. a li- just a, a f- about six months too late. Um, and then mm-hmm. finally, a guy <laughs> Last who could be in a Broncos uniform, Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields, has epilepsy. So this is a medical condition causes seizures if you didn't know takes medication for him it shouldn't be an issue uh but this is this probably makes me want the broncos to draft him a little bit more will uh because 
I think it makes him a little bit of an underdog. He's got a, you know, I, I like when guys have some sort of challenge they have to overcome and they still perform at a really high level. And it makes me, if I was probably leaning towards him anyway, if the Broncos had to choose between Trey Lance and Justin Fields, now I'm definitely in. And I know it's not a good reason to, to be more in on a guy, but I like the the story behind it. And I think it also uh, shows why maybe his draft stock has been all over the place. There's probably teams that that really worries them. And then there's probably teams that don't really care about it. Uh, I forget who pointed it out, but... Um, oh, fuck. Who played with epilepsy? Um, Alan Fanica? Alan Fanica. That's right. And they said Justin Fields, I guess it's like a, a genetic thing in his family that other family members have had it and they've outgrown it once they get past their 20s or, or something like that which is, I didn't know you could outgrow epilepsy, but mm -hmm. uh, just an interesting thing. I thought uh, that it's always weird. The shit you start to learn right before the draft. <laughs> it's like everything it is, is strange. Revealed. Yeah. It's, it's not necessarily something I think fans had to know. Right. But stuff always just kind of leaks out. And yeah, usually you can, you can take care of epilepsy with, either outgrowing it a or b medication and uh those are usually pretty effective like my my dad's had epilepsy since he was a kid and went i think went like decades without um having an epileptic seizure because of medicine so or medication so it's yeah it's, it's not i don't think it's going to be a huge deal jay cutler played with diabetes John Elway played, you know, without an ACL. Right. We're not ending the show right now, but. I remember, yeah. I remember when, like, uh, people found out Jay Cutler had diabetes. And they're like, oh, maybe that's why he always seems like an asshole. <laughs> blood sugar was just low all the time. Yeah. No, he just. Yeah, I think he actually became more of an asshole after he found out he had diabetes. I've been playing with diabetes for how many years? He did some of his best work untreated for diabetes, in my opinion. Yeah, he's like, I need to throw a touchdown and get on, get back on the field. And get this adrenaline going to make up for my low blood sugar. Yeah, really. It's uh, like that. Uh, it's like that movie um, that came out recently, Another Round, where the guys like have an experiment, seeing like, all right, what if we live life at like 0.5 blood alcohol content at all times jake heller i think that's was, a movie yeah yeah it's a movie that came out this year it's called another round another round and i think it's i think it's on amazon prime right now but it's a um it's it's a one of it's from one of those scandinavian countries but the the lead actor is mads mickelson who's um the guy from the, the bad guy from casino royale who tases uh, uh, Daniel Craig's ball sack. Um, yeah, but they, they're like, they're high school teachers and they just come up with an experiment. Like, what if we live our daily lives like a little bit drunk at all times? It's like, see if we perform better or that like act better and behave better. The timing yeah. of that, I would say, is a little bit serendipitous because last night uh, 
I had a whiskey um, before before bed, and as I was laying down, I was like, "This is like the perfect state of being." I was like, "Right." What was I thinking? Like, I was thinking about like trying to write a joke about how being buzzed, not drunk, but just being buzzed, is kind of the, a superpower. It's always the perfect time to be buzzed. Like. It will, it'll make anything better. <laughs> and I was just thinking about that last last night. So the fact that you brought up that movie makes me think I'm going to start every day with a whiskey now. Just one. Yeah, I think I think you should check it out. Yeah, just one. It makes, you know, makes jokes funnier. Um, it makes you think you're funnier. Makes you think you're funnier. Yeah, you, you relax a little bit more, better, better taking tests, you know, speaking in front of people. Yeah. Yeah, there's the this thing. there's this fine line when I drink between where I am a little bit funnier and I can speak coherently and it crosses pretty quickly to where I have a really hard time connecting my thoughts and, and like not even being super drunk but just really searching for words and feeling like I'm going nowhere with my point. I've noticed that more as I get older. I'm like, uh, two whiskeys and you start to sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, it's like TJ Ward's career. Suddenly, like, you know, he's one of the best safeties in the league. And then all of a sudden, no one wants him. Yeah. And what's weird is he, he went to Tampa Bay and he had an all right season there. Like, wasn't crazy bad yeah. or anything. But then, uh, oh, it's yeah, he had that weed thing. It's... it's the whole Bill Belichick thing where now coaches are obsessed with getting rid of guys a year too early rather than a year too late. Yeah. I think the NFL PA should, uh, should protest Bill Belichick. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's done more damage to our veteran players than Bill Belichick. Yeah. That's what, I mean, that's what that says to me at least. I just want to get rid of a guy. Yeah. That's my Belichick. All right. Well, next week is draft week. Will and I will be live during the draft on my main YouTube channel. So don't forget to check us out there. Um, sure, we'll have a solid draft podcast. We'll just rehash all the shit we've already said about the Broncos next Wednesday. But it'll be very close to the actual draft, so it'll be very appropriate. And I will put out my... 2021 mock draft before this NFL draft just to really screw with you all. No, I won't waste my own time like that, but <laughs> good night and good luck. Mass Vidal and Usman put on a show the last time they stepped into the octagon and round two. Well, that is sure to pack a bunch. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, is putting you in the center of this weekend's action. This weekend's title fight with 26 to 1 odds on either title contender to reign victorious. Pick either main event fighter to win during this weekend's UFC 261 title fight, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 26 to 1 odds. Just bet $5 on either fighter to win, and if they walk out with the belt, you will cash $130 in free bets. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. And don't worry, if MMA ain't for you, DraftKings Sportsbook 
offers great odds and promotions on b-ball, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings, of course, is safe, secure, reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up. Use that code DNVR when you sign up to turn $5 into $130 in free bets. If the contender of your choice wins, uh, place your bet and watch the fisticuffs fly this weekend. Code DNVR to turn $5 into $130 in free bets if the fighter of your choosing takes home the crown for a limited time only. At DraftKings Sportsbook, got to be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.